0: Well, hello and welcome to the bright side here on News Radio ninety three point one WFLA, <laughs> and also on five forty AM. I am here with your host Joel Hunter. That also happens to be my ta- my name. That don't let that confuse you. Uh, we are related. I'm named after you. Yes, we did that so it would be simpler.
1: Uh-huh. We wouldn't have to remember as much.
0: Eons ago, Joel <laughs> Hunter was like, someday I'll host a radio show with my son. And I sh- planned for this for a long time. He shall be Joel as yeah. I am Joel. Uh, so we talk about ways to help others, uh, specifically helping you to help others. Uh, and so one of the uh, common issues that we talk about here is the idea of, of homelessness, those that are uh, you know precariously housed and also homeless uh, because it's a uh, it's we don't we don't have good stats in Orlando. No. On that. We're, no, not, we're we're not leading the country, uh, uh,
1: uh, or at least exactly. we are in the wrong way.
0: <laughs> yes. So uh, and so today uh, we have we have uh, I'll just say it a high powered political figure with yes. us today. Yes. Uh, which, as always, we're going to keep it as a, as just a teaser. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a cliffhanger for yep. so for the second segment.
1: So you'll just have you're to stay have around. to wonder the entire time <laughs> who this person is.
0: Uh, so today we're just talking about political stuff, and we thought. And when I say we, I mean our research department, Becky Hunter. Thank you. Thank you, mom. Uh, (laughs) You are the best research department. Uh, So she said uh, for her research stuff, she said, I thought this was a good question. Uh, why would somebody, you know, want to become a politician? What would make somebody want to go into politics? Exactly. Uh, and I felt like that's a good question to pose to you, Pop, because you are wildly popular. Uh, <laughs> every, everyone, everyone, likes like you. a true son. <laughs> um, Everybody but, likes my dad. But but for you, you know, as you were as you were reading through these articles and stuff like this, uh, was there something that struck a chord with you as to why people do or don't? Well,
1: it's getting it's getting more and more difficult to explain. Why somebody would subject themselves? Yeah. to the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune and pub, of public service. Yeah, now a lot of people know Hamlet was talking about public service. <laughs> it was. That's, that that's why he was contemplating uh, <laughs> shuffling off this mortal coil. Uh, but but the, the the it's changed so much because public service used to be such an honorable, you know, profession. Everybody respected congressman, president. Uh, automatically, um, and and for some reason, it's kind of gone toward a cage match now, uh, very partisan. Uh, but yet, the core of it is still honorable. It's mm-hmm. still necessary. Yeah, um, and still deserves respect. And so, um, one of the things that we we thought about for this um, particular episode was, um, since this political leader is on more of a local level. Um, Maybe somebody is con- is considering going into public service, yeah. running for office, uh, because we need good people in office. Yeah, that's what we need. And I, and I think you know, I mean, most of history, uh, American history,
0: world history, Egyptology. <laughs> <laughs> Keep <We're>, on going. <laughs> if we go back to the Sumerians, um, you know there's but there's there's pendulum swings uh and and I do think that it's it we are we are nigh ripe for a pendulum swing yeah. uh, back into the direction of people going into politics for the right reasons, yeah. you know, uh because there was. A, a, a certain cynicism that kind of gripped the nation, in a, in a a you know shuffling off of authority and a questioning of authority, assuming that all politicians are slimy. I personally blame the '60s entirely. <laughs> <I know>. uh, <laughs> that, I, was,
1: I, that was that was that was part partly my fault. I lived through them. No, we, we went the wrong direction. I, can, I just want you to know it is not Pop's fault. <laughs> he was running around putting around
0: everyone's joints. He was he was he was he was, he was throwing them on the ground and stepping <laughs> on them. And saying, how dare you? I know. Do you know where you're smoking? (laughs) Listen to the the, Johnsons on the radio. Listen to this right now. Um, So, but there's, but there, you know, it was kind of this two-part thing. You know, I can't, I think they kind of feed into each other. There's a natural cynicism of people that would seek to attain power. And so that leads to anyone who has genuine, pure motives Mm -hmm. in trying, I want to, I'm not gaining power for power's sake. I want to help other people. Right, uh, and, and, and so those two can kind of feed off each other in a negative way. But that's what this show is all about. You've said that before.
1: It's yeah. uh, How do you word that? People who use their power. People who use their power. We, we love to interview people who have power, who use their power to help people without power. Gotcha. Like Duke Electric. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> That's I, another person we have to have on, I, Duke Electric. I've been waiting three months for that joke. <laughs> three, just by writing in my journal every night. It's going to happen soon. <laughs> I haven't had any openings, but I'm still watching. <laughs> I, I keep waiting. Day number 42. Well, you know, what, one of the things that you said, I do think this is a moment where people are, because of the death of John McCain, because of the, the passing of... Um, uh, Forty-one Bush. Uh, they, they were just such good folks mm-hmm. who weren't so partisan. They weren't. They were trying to do the right thing, um, and and so I do think there's a there's kind of a moment where we're trying to redecide um, is uh, you know is it still worth it to go into public office yeah. or are you just going to fight an uphill battle because. Uh, um, any form of compromise is backsliding and and you're not a real, you know, um, um, keep your promise to the base kind of person all that you're kind gonna, of stuff. I thought you were going to say zealot.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: but yeah, I, I agree. You know, and there is a
0: certain wistfulness to looking back on even the relatively recent past. And you could cynically chalk it up to just nostalgia, but the facts don't hold up to that. I mean, yeah. the truth is that things were much more issues based and more more bipartisan than they were. I mean those th- yeah. th- th- that stuff can be measured and it's just true. And so uh, it makes it so that it, it's it's harder to get into politics. but I do I think there's a pendulum swing. Um, but as we were reading, it's
1: it's relatively hard to go into politics. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the research department, thank you, honey. Um, the research department came up with this. I just want to say he was talking to my mom, not me.
0: <laughs> I'm 37. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you're still my boy,
1: though. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Um, but anyhow, they had this self-help quiz online to see if you're ready to run um, for uh, for uh, public office. Some of these are incredible. Um, can you tell a friend three things you want to accomplish um, for your constituents in less than 30 seconds? No. Well, you should be able to if yeah. you're going to run. How about this? Do you know the party, um, um, the registration, um, the ethnic um, proportions, the the race, religion, gender breakdown of the jurisdiction where you want to run? Okay. How about this one? Have you constructed a list of the first 50 people you're going to call to ask for money?
0: I already done it. Called 100
1: people. <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's all, important. And they all asked me about one and two and I <laughs> so everyone said no. But <laughs> <laughs> How about this? Have you inventoried the press outlets? and constructed a list of print reporters, TV stations, radio stations, bloggers that cover the news and politics in your jur- jurisdiction.
0: It is incredible, yeah, the amount of groundwork, you know. And in in all of the, what one of the things that was interesting about this this list, uh, you know, um Have you constructed a preliminary budget and decided what you will need to spend on television, radio, mail, social media, staff and headquarters operations, all these different things, you know, when you hear about, cause the presidential ones get the big news, you know, when you talk about, you know, their, their ground operations and their, you know, their, uh, their infrastructure and stuff like that. This, this for me finally kind of put a little bit of, of sinew and muscle and skin on what they're talking about. Cause I, I never really understood that, but there's just, it's, it's, you're almost like the CEO of your own campaign before you can even yeah. get into actually doing the thing that you want to do, yeah. uh, which is, which is hard. And so it, it's, it's hard to find people like our guest that we are going to have on coming up in this next segment where the motivation is like, can I help? You know, you end up with people that are, are much more ego driven and narcissistic and, and they, um, they're more CEO than they are somebody who yeah. really does want to, you know, does want to help. Not that there's all bad CEOs. I just want to clarify.
1: Yeah, that's right. A lot of good ones. That's right. Um, here's here's a, a couple of more because these are these are fascinating to me. Uh, do you have a website that, contic- <laughs> that contains flattering pictures of you, detailed biography, and is your biography? so accurate nobody can ever say you lied on your bi- biography I that was that's
0: really really hard to do and i do have a website that just has flattering pictures of me <laughs> it's it's, it's hunky, <laughs> it, awesome i get over 7 hits a year on there And (laughs) I'm hoping if I advertise it on the radio, (laughs) there'll be more people to look at my flattering photos. That is, but yeah, that, that is part of what makes it difficult. If you are somebody who is genuinely a good person, your friends, like you, your enemies would find it hard to say negative things about you. Still, the words that you use can be twisted against you. Stuff in your past that was innocuous and not a problem can be used to look like it was a bigger deal than it was. And so it, it really does kind of tend to push people that we might actually want in charge. We want their ideas. It can push people out, which is why we're so grateful for people like Peggy Chowdhury, who's the commissioner of District 1, Os- Osceola County. Osceola that's County. A, that's a big one. And when we come back from this break, we're going to be talking to her about everything she's doing to help out our fair state. Hello and welcome back to the Bright Side. Here on News Radio ninety three point one, I was ready.
1: I was ready. <laughs> I've been perched, ready we, to talk. We got, had a very good conversation we were during the break. A
0: conversation about uh, social media, and yeah. I was trying to explain how I'm on all the really young social media. <laughs> I do the MySpace, uh, the Snapchatters. Uh, I do all those things. I do almost zero social media. That is true. Yeah. That is true. You you do have a Twitter account. What's your Twitter account handle? Do you know? Uh, Dr. Joel Hunter. Dr. Joel Hunter. Yeah. That's a that's a good one. Yeah, I uh, I try. Twitter, and I just uh, I felt such pressure to be witty, and I couldn't oh, do it. I, couldn't yeah. do See, it. I, n- I never feel that pressure. Be like, sure, is raining. <laughs> uh, <what's it>? Dogs. <laughs> oh, what's with cats? Uh, and it was it was terrible. So that's not what we're talking about today. Today we are talking about um, effecting change for uh, worthy causes uh, as uh, a politician. And politician almost becomes a dirty word until people come along and save it, like Peggy Chowdhury, yeah. who is. The commissioner of District One, which is Osceola County. Um, for those who don't know, Pop, what that entails—that that that, that area—or uh, why she's here. Why don't you introduce? Because you you know everything more than me. Well,
1: I do. We we're on the commission um, on um, Central Florida Commission on Homelessness, um, and she has just done a bang-up job. This is her first term. I've been so impressed with her um, and her spirit and her enthusiasm. But I read something in her background that just kind of startled me. Uh, She comes from Rhode Island, and community service has always been a passion for her. When she was 13, she became the youngest founder— to a nonprofit organization focused on helping keep kids off the streets. 13. Yeah, that blew my mind. It really is incredible. Let's start uh, yeah. there, Peggy. <laughs> what was that about?
2: Hello, guys. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, well, at 13, you know, where we kids were outside playing, doing things, but I was always very, very bored, and I, and, and I would see the kids in my block. We would just be playing on the block, playing with the ball or whatever it is. And I said, well, you know, we should probably do something fun, something else that we could – uh, show our parents that we're doing productive because my parents would always say, oh, all you're doing is wasting time playing outside. Come inside, read a book, you know, yeah. <laughs> something to that effect. Um, and also another another thing that I've seen as a young kid, I just saw that a lot of the the kids were kind of getting themselves into trouble. Like we would they would try to hit the ball on purpose to a window or something like that and break a window like and it just wasn't productive. And I didn't want to get in trouble. Uh, so myself and just some of the girls, we started dancing. Actually, we started dancing folk dance. And I remembered the folk dance because I lived in Bolivia when I was nine years old. I moved from the U.S. to Bolivia to South America and I remember
1: part of, h- part of Bolivia
2: to Cochabamba Co- Cochabamba Cochabamba what's yeah. in there, <laughs> there? Yeah. oh yeah that's <laughs> it we had Northland the, had a, the had a sweet relationship the language of the
0: Quechua <laughs> the Quechua yes. Yes. my
2: dad speaks Quechua is that right oh my right.
0: goodness I don't I know was. what I she said see, so yeah. <laughs> she just said my dad speaks
1: Quechua <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's a small world and they
2: they dance in over there one of the most uh, popular folk dances is Caporales
1: yeah
2: in Bolivia so I dance. Caprales while I was there in oh, school. Man. I learned it. I loved it. I fell in love with the costumes and with the way it made me feel. So when we were just there, bored, I w- would play the music and I would literally start teaching my friends. Next thing you know, I'm teaching like 15, 20 kids on the block. Oh my goodness. And it just grew from there. Well, Long story cool short, we, we became a nonprofit. My aunt, I was only 13 and my aunt helped register us oh, for as a nonprofit. And today that has grown to a few thousand And every single year, it's an independence of Bolivia where groups from all over the country come and dance. They block the streets. And even the mayor of Providence dances, Caporales.
0: Wow. Is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> that it grew is a, so crazy. Yes. Man, you are really
1: impressive. When I was 13, <laughs> I bought a harmonica and played it once. That is amazing. That's really... And your mother and I were very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't say I was encouraged. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let, let me ask you this. Because, okay, let's fast forward to a few years ago yes. when you decided that you were going to run for office. Now, what prompted that, and what was your process in doing that?
2: Yes, thank you for the question. I actually... I, it was never my. Let's start by saying I never ever thought I would ever be a politician. As a matter of fact, I was one of those that would say I could never be a politician because yeah. I can't lie to the public and I can't do things I shouldn't be doing. Because you always hear, you know, the corruption and whatever. But one of the things I've seen when I got involved in Osceola County, being in being in my own business and stuff, is I started seeing a lot of unjust things happening. And I think a lot of people, when we feel that we're not being treated equally, when we feel, when we feel or see things of others not being treated equally, a lot, you know, some people step up to the plate. Um, and I think since I was a kid, I've always wanted to do something more every single time. So when I started seeing a lot of unjust happening within the small business community of Osceola County. I started being a voice for a lot of the, of the small proprietors there, mostly because a lot of those proprietors came from different countries. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so their English, there was a little bit of English barrier. So I became kind of the representative in that perspective Uh and speaking for them and their voice. And I kind of got that only because I always did it for my parents. Like my parents had a language barrier. So I was always with them and when, wherever I went, I had to be the translator. So it was okay with me. Uh And that kind of grew to love and respect with a lot of the business owners, Um, and one thing led to another, we started seeing that if we don't have a voice in the county and representing ourselves as people of small business and people that are trying to, you know, make things work in their family and just trying to make sure we're providers, um, then we need representation. And at the time I saw that, you know, our commission, like, I didn't even know how many commissioners there were. I was just like, we've got to make a difference. And I started vocalizing all the unjust that was happening. And I think a lot of leaders started taking notice because it wasn't like I was, Ram, ram, thing, right? I, I wasn't just mm-hmm. yelling. I was more saying, "Look at this. This is the fact. I seen this. This is happening." And I would always back it up. And so I, th- in the chambers and in the meetings, and I would go and, and once all that started rallying it up, I started seeing that we definitely needed different leaders.
0: Here's a question for you. You know, I, I think that the majority of people, when there's, I think there's some people that they see injustice and it doesn't register. They don't even recognize this. But I think most people, they'll see injustice. It, it at least registers that this is something that's unjust. But the vast majority of us, when we see that, then say that oh, stinks, and then move on to something else. They'll, you know, watch a rerun of Seinfeld or something like that <laughs> to take their mind off it. And um, what is it in you that it's we, when we talk to people on this show? We, it's people who saw injustice and it's lit something in them that said, no, I'm going to do something what is it in you? Is it, is it how you were raised? Is it just something that's just always been a part of you? You couldn't even say what, what's the difference there?
2: No, I think it goes back to my parents. I think I've seen my parents, you know, my parents my mom comes from Colombia and my dad's from Bolivia. They both came from different countries uh, came with work and visas came with their family and tried their best to make their lives better here in the United States worked really really hard to get every everything that they have today and they've seen discrimination and you'll notice my name is my first name is Peggy mm-hmm. my brother's name is Rene which is also my dad's like I was saying but then there's Henry and Sean all our first names are very easy to say yeah. and and my, it insp- my mom and I asked my mom why call me Peggy why didn't you name me something else more okay. original and She's like no, because people can say it, and and it was easy, and so they they told me that they were that they felt like they weren't treated, uh, right, right. So they they had to make their adjustments and their changes. And then as growing up, I've also seen um, how sometimes my parents were treated or others were treated when they didn't speak uh, English properly or with or if they spoke English with an accent. Mm-hmm. And so I've always taken that to heart. Um, and then I've seen some, you know, just growing up, I've just seen a lot of that. And so th- I think that brought inspiration with me and saying, I don't want my daughter to go through that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what her first or last name is, um, which is Athena Chaudhry. You would think that's co- totally different. <laughs> also, I believe it or not, in the day and age, me growing up in college, I had a professor once by phone say to me, wait, what's your name? I said, well, it's Peggy Sandoval. And he goes, well, that's a weird mix. I wonder what you look like. Mm. And to me, I was like, that's a weird question. Like that is is not normal question for a professor to ask. And I said, wait, is that, is that called discrimination? Like, I don't even, I didn't even know. Like I just felt different. Um, and when I see those types of things, I just say, listen, that's not right. It's yeah. not something that I would say, and it's not something someone should say.
0: It feels like it's almost that th- there's a personalization of it, you know, like it's not a them, it's an us type of thing that right. people have, you know, that's, that's kind of the, it's kind of the same thing that's motivated you along the way pop, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, the, t- the town you grew up in the people that you were around gave you a, a heart for those who, who were
1: left out. Well, and you know, the fact that when, when it's not just us, it's the people we love. When when the people we love are discriminated against, that's what lights our fire. You know, the fact right. that you were proud of and loved your parents, and, and they tried everything for you to make you um, assimilate into this country, you know, without losing your identity, but because they didn't want you to be Singled out or picked, uh, discriminated against. Um, and so you become it's 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 such a great circle. You become their defenders, you become
2: exactly,
1: uh, you know, the voice for people who are going through what they had to go through, right? And that's how it gets personalized. When yeah. when somebody you love, somebody you know, or somebody that's your friend, you know, I have a really g- good Muslim friend, and when somebody speaks out against Muslims, mm. they're tearing my friend down. Mm. This right? is not about you know, philosophy or religion. This is, this is a, this is a cut to my friend.
2: Yeah. And that trickles down. It trickles down to helping others when you see unjust with them. And now it goes, it goes further than that. You know, not just like you're saying it's in our heart now, it's in our blood. So we say, wait a minute, we saw someone else being unjust, someone who's homeless. We see them being mistreated when that person is a veteran or has a, has an amazing story. And you're just like, don't talk about people like that because you don't know their story. It's, it, it really hurts us in the heart.
0: Uh, well, we are going to come back in a little bit and we're going to talk more about that idea of, of the heart that you've got to help those that uh, don't have as much as we've got. Uh, and so when we come back in a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit more to Peggy Chowdhury. Hello and welcome back to the bright side on News Radio 93.1, WFLA, also on 540 AM. I am Joel Hunter and I'm here with your host. Joel Hunter. But most importantly, we have with us today the commissioner of uh all of Osceola County, the the whole, the whole shebang. <laughs> Thank right. you, Chowdhury. And uh and and Pop, you you had a question that was much well, better for formulated those, about. For that. those
1: of you who are out of the area, you know, there are different forms of local government throughout the United States. Um and in in Florida, um we have um, very strong county governments, and the most powerful bodies in those counties are the are the county commissioners, uh, of which uh, Peggy is one. Um, and so, but I I, I want for you, uh, Commissioner, to talk about Osceola County, talk about its unique um, population, blessings, challenges, all of that kind of stuff, just so that people can get an idea of what your attention is on.
2: Yes, of course, of course. So pa- Osceola County has been growing tremendously. All of Central Florida, for those living in Central Florida, understand that we're all growing crazy and people are moving here from all over the place, not just because of tragedy of hurricanes like Hurricane Maria, for example, but just in general, people are moving into Florida. Weather, you know, more job opportunities, be it be it they're just moving. So we've seen an, we've seen that growth, and in, the, in these past couple of years, it's been amazing. So our population in Osceola County currently is about three hundred and forty five thousand people, which doesn't sound like much.
0: That sounds like a lot. to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, uh, Seminole in and our, in Orange, our of course, is much bigger, but we are getting there. Uh, we're projected to be actually bigger in population than Seminole just in in a short eight years or so. Mm, really? So we're go- yeah. And the thing is, when you talk about doubling your numbers, uh, in growth. You've got to think of infrastructure. You've got to think of services. You've got to think of, okay, schools and so forth. What are you providing to your citizens? And what are you providing to the people that are living there day in and day out? So Osceola County, many people don't know this, but we are also a tourism county. People think, oh no, it's just Orlando. Well, we're their neighbor. We're like their sister, right, right next door. So we are also um, known as almost Orlando. When people travel to us, they don't realize they're in Osceola County or Kissimmee. They think Mm -hmm. they're in Orlando, which is great. That's fine. but they're actually staying with us. So we're huge in tourism. So that is our uh, bread and butter, for lack of a better explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes us grow. So we have a lot of people working in that industry, um, which is, of course, we know we have the issues with low wages in that industry to start off of. And we're working on that as well. And I think a lot of our businesses are also trying to work on that, uh, especially lately, as you've heard, you know, people are going to be getting increases. So we're looking at a population of 345,000 people approximately with a one2 billion-dollar budget because we have such a great tourism community, mm-hmm. um, which comes and travels and spends their money in our county. But with that said, that brings a lot of challenges. So at, when people come, they travel, they love it so much, and they want to live here. Kind of what happened to me. Like, I think mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone comes from somewhere, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I come from Providence, Rhode Island. I'm not mm-hmm. from Florida originally. So um, with that also comes the some of the challenges that I face uh, being on the commission, especially being I would say i definitely non-traditional type politician, not knowing much about it at all. When I got into it and understanding that I just want to make a change and I want to make sure that we're leaving the place better for our kids. Right. And making sure mm-hmm. that they have the opportunity. And so like other places in central Florida, we're having issues with housing, obviously um, affordable housing, which to that it means different things to different people, but I would say housing of different levels mm-hmm. to make everyone mm-hmm. understand like to that. Um, and then another huge problem, which is I'm very passionate about, is obviously homelessness and services. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about homelessness, I'm not just talking about people living in the streets because that's chronic homelessness, that's people there. But I'm also talking about, in general, people that are precariously housed, like you mentioned before, that are living in hotels or living in couches or living in rooms with people in, in homes. That, what, we try, what I always try to do is I, I say, you know, everybody wants a better life. Uh, whether they were born in America or they come to America for a better life and working hard to get it done, we just need a path to get them there and a path of success. And Osceola County has challenges right now with that path in getting people there, especially when it comes to if a person is it falls in an emergency situation where the head spouse or the finance person of, of the home right is falls ill. Mm-hmm you know, what happens? Where do they go? What do they do? I mean, we have to stop and think of that. You know, it Mm -hmm. could happen to us Mm -hmm. as much as we all work hard and we're like, nothing's going to happen. It could. And so when it does, where do you go? You've been paying taxes all these years. You are going to say, there's got to be a place for me to go to get some help and at least be guided. I'm not asking for free stuff. I'm asking to be guided of how can I get another job? How can I get better to get that other job? How can my spouse get that job? And so forth. So Um, I think a path to success is very critical in any community, and that's definitely lacking in our county. We don't have the basic stuff, not even a shelter. Like, we just don't have basic necessities.
0: Yeah. Is that now – this is a genuine question, not an interview question Mm -hmm. to both of you. Is that – the Central Florida Commission on Homelessness, is that – Does that reach all of these counties? Is that the whole, you know, Tri-County area and
1: Tri-County area. Okay. Seminole Orange and Osceola. And the
0: idea there is to to create a a path toward success
1: and, and take care of, you know, chronic homelessness and precariously housed. Yeah, it's a regional effort, but it has to be locally adjusted. Yeah. Because these are three very different counties with three very different populations. One of the one of the earmarks of Osceola County. Uh, was featured in a recent award-winning film, yes. "The Florida Project" Correct. with William Defoe, yes. um, which was a spectacular. Um, it was amazing um, film, but it showed the the difficulties of families that just earn just enough to keep a room over their uh, you know a roof over their head for the week, Correct. you know, and 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 they really don't have that path, and if if something comes up there's no place to turn.
2: There really isn't. And and you think about the Florida Project, one of the great things that they did is they were able to show cycles. Cycles of either success cycle where you could try to get a path or a cycle where it just continues in a circle because you know it shows how a family, how two different females, right? Mm-hmm. One perhaps chose not so great of a path and the other one working hard every single day, trying yeah. to make ends meet and still not being able to get out of that rough, why? Yeah. And so you start asking those questions and you're saying, are we as society allowing these things to continue to happen? A single, there's single parents, a lot of single parents out there, whether, whether we like it or don't like it, but there are. And so how are we gonna face those facts where those children growing up with the single parents will not go back into those cycles? We mm-hmm. want them to get better. So, on a regional level, we're working on chronic homelessness, making sure that the housing first model works, which is putting people into their apartments or their homes, and then getting their help. On a now, local now, level, we uh, need. to on a, on oh, a te- let me just yes.
1: interrupt because <clears throat> to the listening audience, chronic homelessness uh, are not just those people who are kind of in and out of the cycle. These are people with disabilities, yes, um, and they have either physical or mental or emotional developmental uh, or addiction, Uh, and so they are the most vulnerable, but they're only about 20% of the entire population, Um, and that's where all the government funds go toward the chronic homeless, Mm -hmm. those people with disabilities, Uh, but we're dealing with a much larger population of working families Mm -hmm. who still can't afford to be in a home.
2: So the local, so the local efforts are critical because that's where we need to pick up that because on a regional level, we're working great together. I mean, we're trying our best and and we've continued to do this the past few years. And I think it's going to continue successfully, continue to house the people that are the most, most vulnerable that have illnesses and so forth. We need to reach those that don't because we don't want people to fall into such a bad critical state. Mm -hmm. We we don't need that, more of that. And like you said, it's only 20%. And so we need to help meet the goals for the others. And, and in doing so, that's been one of my huge initiatives and said, let's think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Let's start doing things that others are not doing because obviously where it's not working doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And by the way, for those taxpayers, I would be concerned about that because at the end of the day, I'm always telling people, do you know how much tax money goes towards our jail systems, our administration, and our hospitals? Yeah. Just for the people that are not even precariously housed, but also just recent homeless and so forth. So if we don't grab them early, we're going to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars consistently or spend a quarter that or maybe a third that and then help them get better and actually do something where they can get back into a correct cycle in society.
0: Yeah. If you're just tuning in, this is the bright side with uh, Joel Hunters with an S. Um, and, uh, and and that point that you just made, uh, this is Peggy Chowdhury, who's the commissioner uh, commissioner for uh, Osceola County, is is I think something that's really often missed by the vast majority of people, including me, until this show started, is that it's not an issue of, hey, why are we giving a bunch of money to, you know, if you're, if, uh, the, I'm going to just imitate a jerk. Uh, why, why are we giving a bunch of money to people that don't deserve it? We could spend it on other things. Um, I think what people often miss is that we are spending it on other things because of how much money there is in jail and administrative and hospitals. I mean, I've been in the hospital system where, you know, it's you're, you're watching people come in for – preventable problems uh, over and over and over again because there's no system in place that that and it's not like they want no no one wants to feel that sick and miserable all the time it's just that there's not a system in place. Um, one of the questions that I, I want to ask you: When do, do we have to go to a break now, or do we have a second? We're going to go to a break, but uh, oh, I'm not supposed to say break. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the radio guru is getting We're getting, <laughs> this. We're getting coached, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, we're utterly failing. Right. <laughs> but I
0: want to I want to ask you when we come back. You know uh, about the receptivity to these ideas. You know, uh, just boots on the ground. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about this. Hello and welcome back to the bright side with the Joel Hunters, uh, father and son, trying to stamp out homelessness. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but we, but no one can do it uh, without Peggy Chowdhury, who is uh, who is a commissioner for uh, Osceola County. Um, the, before. The break. I think I'm allowed to say break after it's done. Okay. that's
2: okay. I, I'm not sure. I'll have to look
0: in the rule book. Uh, but before the break, we were talking about uh, you know how this is. It's on a local level. You know, to, to solve problems that are very specific on a local level. That it's a it's a community type of effort. Um, and I and I wanted to know from you as somebody who's leading that effort, what how do you feel like the receptivity is from that both with your colleagues that are at the government level and the people that are just the you know the citizens that you're serving. Um, is it something people you've got to ring alarms to let them know like, no, this is a problem or is it something people are ready for change for anyway?
2: No, that's a great question. You know, um, well, originally I think me seeing it so much within the business and community that I was in 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 hospitality, but then also seeing it around the corridor and then seeing the people's reaction when they see others. And I think it goes back to the passion and the heart for others and and people helping. But no, at the end of the day, um, you know, we need to fill in this gap. We need, we need to fill in a gap that we have for emergency services in Asiola County specifically. Specifically, because we don't have this emergency component that's needed. In other words, someone is needing of speed to speak, even speaking to someone for guidance, uh, speaking to someone on what do I do because I can't pay rent next month. I just lost my job. Where do I go? The immediate attention is what's lacking in Osceola County. We have some great nonprofits that are doing extended services. We have great nonprofits that collaborate with others in Orlando and so forth. And that's awesome. But our component of gap is the emergency need. And so when I started uh you know, for more or less campaigning for this and talking to a lot of the citizens about it, believe it or not, the citizens wanted to see it because they seen how much more growth in homelessness and in people that were precariously housed inside these hotels Mm. and, and the Florida project movie came out. I mean, people just started saying, Why are we addressing a problem? Mm -hmm. This is a problem. Osceola County doesn't have a shelter. Osceola County doesn't have a resource center. We don't have a 24-hour facility where people can go. Why don't we? We make enough money. I mean, we're at a point where we're collecting taxes. We're doing great. So why don't we have this? And so the people are very, they love this idea. We've been talking a lot about opening up a place where people can go that's open seven days a week, 24-hour days, where other agencies can collaborate together with nonprofits together and be able to give them a path to success and getting the assistance that they need with the current nonprofits that are already there. So in other words, you go inside any time of the day and you said I need help for a specific issue. Oh great, we've got a nonprofit that we could pair you up with. We make sure you get the appointment, we make sure you get your emergency needs if you need food, clothing at that same time we can get it. And if you fall into homelessness, immediately we have a hygiene component so you could take a shower, use the restroom. You know, I always tell people, I challenge you for 1 week you know, go find public restrooms that's not in your house. Hmm. Go, go somewhere and ask for food and see. Like you, you need to kind of experience it to know it. It's almost like you don't know it, so you know it, right? So you experience it. So when when I've when I've spoken to citizens and they go out there and they see the people and they see these things happening, they want to make a difference. And so I've been hugely advocating uh, with my commission on doing this. But I think a lot of reservations comes from. Uh, You know, I am the newer commissioner there. So, you know, being a rookie is always not a fun thing. (laughs) (laughs) I always learn from that. Um, And so I think it takes time before, you know, they could understand where I'm coming from, from it, uh, from this, from the perspective that I've seen it. But also the reservations of not in my backyard. How much money is it going to cost? Are the citizens going to like it or not like it at the end of the day? What's funny is I've been able to prove that those, those exact, Uh, Questions are just stigmas. They're Mm. not, it's not, first of all, they're here. People are Mm -hmm. homeless. Mm -hmm. People are living precariously housed, whether we like it or not. So what are we addressing and how are we addressing it? And so I've been a huge advocate for trying to bring these services into the into place for th- for this whole year and just advocating for it and placing
1: now, it. Together. Now, where is that project? We're talking about a crisis center, right? Correct. 24 hour, 24 Correct. So we're talking about a
2: 24-hour center. center, and we yeah. just got a, a church, actually the Rock Church, that volunteered and said, you know what, Let, I'm going to step up to the plate. We have a plaza in the front. We have space about 5,000 square feet. Why don't you use it as a pilot? to come up with an awesome resource center Great. that would be open 24 hours a day. My next step was, okay, how are we going to run it? What are we going to do? And since my commission did not want to approve uh, such a project at this time, I had to go elsewhere to find assistance and help because I don't give up, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm like, we're going to do it no matter mm-hmm. what. And who stepped up to the plate? The Salvation Army. Oh, It's amazing. Yeah. The Salvation Army understands firsthand the importance of emergency need because in Orlando, statistically proven, they have it on record that 72% of the people that go get assistance, go for emergency only assistance on a temporary basis. That's it. They don't go for long-term care all the time. And so imagine our gap. Our gap technically then is 72%. So I love that we have people stepping up to the plate to do this after all the noise I've been making about it Mm -hmm. and, and the support I've had from citizens, from great leaders like yourself. And so we have... We have great people, I think, behind this. I think it's a matter of just now proving the concept, doing the pilot, getting people to work together, getting these nonprofits to work together, because yeah. th- we don't want to duplicate services. Right. We want to make them effective and a path of success. Then I know my commissioners will jump on board. Don't worry. I always <laughs> Yeah, that will come in time. Right. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: I gotta be positive.
1: <laughs> well, no, it, it will because people love to see people being helped and and when they can see progress, they go. Oh well, yeah. I, there's always I always kind of thought that had something I, I to did it. That all along, yeah. Right? yeah. And people
2: really, are fearful. She's kind right? of my
1: protege. <laughs> really. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, protégé,
2: yeah, yeah. That's good. I'm a rookie, so yeah. No, and you know, I think people are always scared about new things. Think about it, technology. Sure. Wow, weren't we scared sure. about iPhones originally? How do yeah. we scan? How yeah. do we do this? And so, I think when things are new, people are always skeptical. Um, and so this would be something new in Osceola County, but it's not new around the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have resource centers, we have yeah. emergency centers, so it's it's really cool
0: for both of you guys. How much do you find that this is this is solving this type of problem? You know, whether it's the you know it's a crisis uh, intervention center, not crisis intervention, but you know yes. an emergency management you know situation. The seventy two percent where it's a one time thing and they need help, um, or more long term stuff. For you, Pop, uh, and and you too, is it is it something where all of the all of the solutions exist, but it's all separate, and not enough people are networked together mm-hmm. to help. Or is that's it something exactly. where there's just it, de novo needs to that be invented? That is exactly Absolutely. what it is. Well, yeah.
2: and, and, you know, in the experience of of talking to others and nonprofits and asking them to come together, that has been a huge challenge for me. Mm. And I always wonder, why is it such a big challenge since we're all working for I the know, better of the people? I know, I and, know. And then, of course, <laughs> that's, you know,
0: I... It's so great to think of the the whole uh, the, the the big rivalry between the Sharks <laughs> and Jets rivalry between the two people that are like, no, we're, our way is the best I way. Yeah. It's oh, funny no. you say the Sharks. Yeah.
2: I think of the Shark and I think of Miss. Or wonderful when he says it's all about the money. You yeah. know? Yeah, that's the, right. <laughs> and then I stop and think, is it? Like, no, we're trying to help people. And I think at the end of the day, people will come together when they see things can work. It's and it's about credibility. Like, let's who cares who takes credit on what? Mm-hmm. And who cares who's who's done what? Let's mm-hmm. just come together and fix what has not been working. Mm-hmm. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah. We have to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So once this so it's at a place where there's kind of be a kind of pilot Correct. program here. Uh and then uh, it's 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 kind of a proof of concept type of thing. Get the get the idea, you know. I think off the, the pilot. Of-
2: well, the pilot is going to be more for us to see than this, how many are really going to come in. Now, Osceola County is. Is going to be fairly new to this because we've never done it. But Mm -hmm. in Orange County, like the Salvation Army already understands how many are going to walk through their door. Well, they're going to do it the same, kind of the same model, only at an Osceola catering to Osceola folks, which is awesome for us. Because we want to cater not just to the chronic like we talked before, because our problem mostly is families and individuals that are living precariously housed and may fall into homelessness due to job issues and so forth.
0: And just to repeat, this is something that's not a, a, a new expense that's going to cost everybody more money. This is something that actually would save money long-term.
2: Not only will we save money long-term, but this is going to bring the, the current money that we are, that we do have in expenditures, whether it's grants or whatever that we're giving currently to our nonprofits. I think what's going to happen is we're going to be able to better formulate those grants and being able to give to where we know for sure it's being productively used. I'm not saying that they're not now, but I'm, what I'm saying is if we have a path that all of them are working together, we may not be doubling our services. Sometimes people, we all know when we're giving gifts in different organizations, people will jump perhaps from one to no, to the other, maybe 5%, 2% of those people. But let's try to eliminate that and let's try to help more people as opposed to just you know, not focusing on where our efforts are correctly. And that's where the money saving is. But the money hugely saving is on services, emergency needs, and so forth, because people could come now to one place instead of going there, where, by the way, we have a bunch of volunteer doctors that want to work in this, that want to volunteer in this one-stop center and help people with prescriptions, simple things as prescriptions, mm-hmm. and just, uh, you know, checking for basic necessities and things that they need. That alone is going to help with the ER. I mean, they don't have to go to the emergency room, you know?
0: You know, when I, when I was when I was. Re- researching uh, and, and trying to, like, learn about what you do, I couldn't understand. I, there was a video from Channel 9 News, and there was a meeting about this, you know, about this intervention stuff and uh, and it was a standing room only crowd of just citizens all gathered together and I was like how is that possible but I can say after talking to you for an hour I get it because uh, you've got passion yeah, I, you. like, I love that I, hear yeah, this, I love it I just it's all I can do not to just sprint down the hallway and be like let's do this <laughs> So it, good join us it, we're doing it, no, getting it done? it's very very inspiring um, and thank you so much for being thank here you, I, oh, really, really, I, I really really I had a
1: great time
0: you guys are awesome father yeah. and son job. duo I love it it's just it's so helpful to hear about what people are doing uh and and pop thank you as always for letting me co-host with you <laughs> you're the leader man i'm just here for the for the last <laughs> and, and, for, the fun, and, and yeah. for the good and thank you all for listening uh we will be back next time on the bright side and we'll talk about more ways to help you help others